Climbing the Pocket Networks, in the huddle, talking Vikings, Saints, Lions. What a fiery recap. Hey everybody, it's Dave here, and after three days off missing Vlogmas, we're back to Vlogmas 2020 again. This time it's day 29, and for you, Climbing the Pocket Network has In the Huddle with your favorite, or some of your favorite, Climbing the Pocket Network personalities. And tonight, we're going to talk to Minnesota Vikings. It's all yours, Jason. You have a good one. I will be in the truck. I don't know that Dave's full-fledged announcer voice intros will ever get old, but I'm just going to soak it all in. We're back. And, uh, he said some. You know, he yes, said yes, some, yes. some of your favorite. Some of our some favorite. Of your favorite. <laughs> he looked right. He looked right. Back, you know? looked right at Eric. <laughs> he looked right at Eric. He was like some of your favorites, and he looked at Eric. So we go. We go. Jump right. I, in. I, I can I. I, I'm the I'm the one that sets expectations, guys. Like I you feel really, like nobody likes that guy. Eric, I, do, I ruined Christmas. I do. I am sorry for ruining everybody's Christmas. I hope everybody Just had a great you time. Your birthday that one time. Miles exactly. got like, the hoodie look, I'm on. Just no getting more. everybody back. No, the hoodie's <laughs> gone. I did Miles, toss the hoodie's <laughs> gone. <laughs> <laughs> All right, y'all. Well, let's jump into this thing. We do have the. Uh, I, I'm going to say. I'm going to call him. He, he's now the the hardest working man, not just in Vikings Twitter, because you know we get him for just a little bit, but he's out there spreading the message all around all of the NFL. The man, the myth, the legend, the doctor is back in the house. Eric, how you doing? How you been? Repping for Coastal Carolina. (laughs) What's up, man? My, My wife, so this is how my life goes, by the way. So I, on Sundays, watch all the games at the office. I stay from like 10 o'clock in the morning, we do our show. We watch all the games. We do Sunday Night Football with Chris. We help Kornacki with his thing. And then we we do our podcast at midnight, end at 1 in the morning, and get home at 2. Sundays are a grind. Saturdays, I'm home by myself watching college football. And you the get the Coastal whole weekend, Carolina, you get the the whole weekend by yourself clears. to watch football. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I'm by, like, I, the, I college football is more of, like, my fandom at this point. And the funniest thing, so my wife, I say by myself, my wife and kids are in the other room, but like I bet so much on the Chanticleers this year that like I was rooting for them so much that my wife like mistake it, mistake the idea that I was a fan of the Chanticleers and bought me this shirt. Now, in hindsight, this is a bomb ass color and the Chanticleers is like a great name. So like, I'm not mad. I'm just saying like, she didn't read the room as well as I thought she might. And, uh, but it, I, you know, I, I rock this now. This is like every. I wore this today the whole time. I wore it at the gym. Everybody is like, "Who are the Chanticleers?" Damn. I'm like, I'm explaining the Chanticleers to everybody, uh, and and uh, it, it's been a, an eventful day. Jason, we gonna we gonna bring up that tweet. I saw you you talking about like. There's the article about white people only showering every other day or some shit like that. Eric, Eric wearing the same wearing the same shirt from his workout earlier. Man, grimy as hell. Dude, I, <laughs> and he admitted it. I, and he admitted it. No shame. 
is that like the the worst no, the thing Harvard, about okay like Harvard. I look look I'm gonna have I'm gonna I'm gonna throw some empathy out there I've never had to deal as a as a you know tall white male I've never had to deal with the idea of being ashy like I will I throw out my I throw out my privilege here just in like yes I can go a day without showering and. <laughs> Look, relative Andy, to you may need to get your wife look, on the next pod to, to verify exactly sure right. Like, so, so not, you know, I'm, I'm a piece of shit in like two different ways, right? I'm a piece because I'm a dude, right? So my job's infinitely easier than being a, a chick, right? But also, like, you know, I I don't even have like it, it's we I I you know I can do this for like three days, and granted, I, I don't look great. Just three days, you don't see your dry skin. Doesn't mean it's not there. Like it blends in better, right? It blends You're in like with the me and it's like of skincare. <laughs> yeah, oh, yeah, right. We got Drew here. <laughs> He's... We got Drew. What up, Drew? All right. Well, let, let let's keep this thing going, Miles. I feel like you had some things you wanted to say, so I'm just gonna go to you next. You know, oh, how you doing? Have you showered in the last 24 hours? <laughs> yeah, yeah. I definitely have. Um, I'm not allowed to get. I'm not allowed to do that. Um, <laughs> man. I'm not saying I'm allowed. I'm saying I'm saying somehow it passes. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I guess. <laughs> no, come on, let's hurry up, y'all. People are already asking. Yeah, they want to hear from Flip me. To to, hey, hey, Flip's here for business. Hey, this is business only. Um, no, 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 I'm good. I'm good. No, I just, you know, I'm ready to kind of. I've been, I mean, I've been in 2021 mode with these Minnesota Vikings for a minute now. Um, the Vikings hit 500 once, and that felt like it was by accident. And so we're about to talk about, people are going to hate the negativity, but how can you sit sit here and, and tell me we're supposed to be positive about what we've seen? So I'm and not going to sit here. And, maybe Flip will give us the way. Oh, yeah. Well, I'll, I'll let Flip. Oh, no. No, look. Yeah, Flip, 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 Flip is our voice of optimism today. People, people want Dr. Bunnies. I said it all year, all year. I told y'all, Mike Zimmer, get us to eight and eight, or get the hell hell out of my state, you know. And <laughs> well, laid like up in, laid up in California, I love it. You, you think there's a difference between between six and ten and seven and nine? Like, no, no, you didn't get to eight and eight. So I'm not being optimistic. I'm on the fire, everybody. Train six and ten is the same as three and thirteen or I'm four so and proud twelve. Of Flip right now. Jeez. <laughs> <laughs> like I, I, I've seen Flip so proud right now. Like I just, I, yeah, I wish we had like, asked. David, I wish we had David one, but like also like, proud. The hand, the handshake, the handshake emoji or whatever it's that like, shit is, put up on the screen. Ac- accomplish one of your goals. The first goal in any season should be a, an above five hundred record, if not a five hundred record. I, I thought it was you really you really want to set the bar low. Eight and eight is the goal. And so they didn't do that. 2020 is a failure. There's no ifs, there's no ands, there's no buffs. People want to talk about injuries. Bru- the Saints were injured. The, the Saints didn't have their wide receivers. The the Bears were injured, okay? The Browns have been injured. All these teams are injured now. So that's not an excuse. You failed, Mike Zimmer. You failed this year. And that right. wasn't that like part of the deal, right? The part of the deal in 2020 was you're going to deal with shit, right? Uh, you know, like New England had half their defense opt out, right? Like, uh, you know, injuries, 
injuries always happen, right? Like, and the deal was if you're going to comp- like, I would you guys have been fine if the Vikings just straight up said we're not going to compete this year? I would have been yes. fine because I mean, at least they did anyway. Well, the, and and I don't even mind the Kirk Cousins signing if everything else, everything else pointed towards the guys we're going to punt on this year, but. The Yannick Ngakwe trade, when Yannick Ngakwe was traded to Minnesota, the Vikings were the Vegas favorites to win the NFC North. And it to me, it was just, they didn't, because again, this was a year, if you're not first, you're, you're last in the some sense. So if you're not a team that is going to be robust with respect to COVID opt-outs, injuries, uh you know, schedule changes. The Vikings have had none of those, by the way. They like other teams like Baltimore are going to make the playoffs despite having to play on a Wednesday and a Tuesday, right? But then the if you're not that if you don't think you're robust to those things, then you should have punted on the season, right? Because now we're hoping that Matt Stafford parties like it's 2011 and beats the Vikings so that they go six and ten and end up with a decent draft pick. When in reality they should have been three and thirteen and had you know Panay Sewell right in their lap, if not one of the quarterbacks. Yeah. So Eric, and, can I ask you, you know, a question as you're talking about robust? Because this kind of brings us to something we've been talking about for the last couple of weeks when we talk about you know the Vikings and strategy and things like that. But it's something that gets talked up about, and I'm not sure if we maybe are doing the best. Uh, yeah, we're not explaining it maybe in the best way, but you've written about it in you know, recent times about. You know, building a, a robust team, uh, not over-investing in weak link systems like, you know, the offensive line, like the defense. But obviously after a season like this where the Vikings offensive line was not good, that was obviously not good, most Vikings fans are looking at things and saying, hey, we need to go and spend whatever money we have left on those places and all of our draft capital should go into those places right now because we're obviously bad in those places. And so some of us have been, you know, saying we should maybe, you know, Kirk's the guy, he's the quarterback, regardless of how you feel about Kirk Cousins, he's actually playing well. It's now two years in a row. He's playing, you know, you could probably argue above the level of a supporting cast. Kirk Cousins is doing what he's supposed to do, even though he is being propped up. Can you help us understand why it potentially would be a smarter thing to invest in what's going on around Kirk Cousins with the caveat that, yes, you need to throw the ball more. And, and really go all in on that versus we need every big name free agent offensive guard and we need to trade up in the first round to get, you know, Wyatt Davis or something like that. Like help us understand why those aren't the moves we should be making. Cause you've obviously written as to why those aren't the smartest things we should be doing. Well, anytime mm-hmm. you use like big capital positions on things there, it, they they have the possibility of going bust and you know I, okay there's a couple of considerations right like there's the preventing ruin and then there's the winning the super bowl right and the vikings always seem more concerned with preventing ruin and what i mean by ruin is like a 3 and 13 season right and the and so if that's the case yes spending a ton of money to prop up a non-premium position in 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 the goals of preventing a 3 and 13 season like that makes sense but look 
we're all we're what we're all in our 30s, 40, you know, 50, 40s, 50, like every single the Vikings have never had a stretch of like three or four years in a row where they haven't been a relevant football team. This like the the at this point in time, every single person who's a Vikings fan wants to see a Super Bowl contender. And you have to be intentional about being a Super Bowl contender. And that to me is the biggest travesty of the Vikings is. Every Super Bowl contender that has happened in our lifetime has been by it has been sort of luck, and then we've backed it. You know, so the Vikings have sort of gone and doubled down on it. So 2017, you're lucky to have the draft you had in 15, the draft you had in 16, and then everybody stay healthy for a whole year and get a great year out of a backup quarterback using a wide receiver who played in the NSIC with me and Miles, and and one guy who was a fifth round pick out of Maryland. And you said, okay, this is the formula. When in reality, no, you got lucky. And, you know, that was a fun run. And we all wish you would have won the Super Bowl, but you didn't. In 2009, it was Brett Favre wanted to play for the Vikings despite the Packers. And and the Vikings got him at a relatively cheap deal. And he had the best season of his career. Like, that's not repeatable. And, and we saw it wasn't repeatable. In 1998, Randy Moss fell in your lap. Randall Cunningham had a great year off the bench. Right. And then like literally cutting in last six games of the next year. So yeah, every single Vikings run to the Super Bowl has been less than intentional. It's been lucky. And then they've sort of gone after that luck in unsustainable ways after. The way to build a Super Bowl caliber team is to make big bets where big bets are warranted. Quarterback, wide receiver, head coach, and to spread the risk at every other position, offensive line, any position where the other team can attack you, you spread the risk. Because, look, I can spend $15 million on Riley Reef, and I can spend a second-round pick on Brian O'Neill, and I can spend a first-round pick on Garrett Bradbury. But if my guards suck, the other team's defense can line their best rushers over the guards, and you're screwed. It, you know, uh, In the secondary, I, I can have the best corner in all football, and if I have two like you know guys who shouldn't be in the NFL – Good offenses are going to go after those guys. And so you spread your risk in those other places. And my my issue with the Vikings in 2020 was they made a moderately sized bet on Kirk Cousins. They, they ended up making a big bet on Justin Jefferson, and that hit. Good for them. But everywhere else, it was sort of this, like, they really didn't understand that all of the all of the roulette wheel spins that they were making in the secondary on the offensive line were dubious and it ended up crashing their season. Yeah, oh. if I if I could just chime in, I think Vikings fans as far as our what we're looking at, you know, going into 2021, I think the Atlanta Falcons are a really good case study on what can happen for a team that's trying to maximize a veteran quarterback's window and maximize, you know, just making year to year year-to-year bets on a for, on a defensive head coach. Because if you look at the Falcons, they were in the Super Bowl, and they had the number one offense in the NFL with a great offensive coordinator. So they're, they're up 28-3 to in that game. They lose that game. Everyone knows the story. Next year, offensive coordinator leaves. They say, hey, we were just in the Super Bowl. Let's run it back. So they run it back, barely make the playoffs, uh, lose on a last-second last second play to the Eagles in the playoffs year two, they say, okay, we're still competitive. 
let's run it back. Year three, they run it back. They go seven and nine. And then year four, trying to maximize veteran quarterback, trying to Matt Ryan's great, but they're trying to maximize his window and it's eroding around him. They go seven and nine in year four. And now here they are. They did. They never bounced back from that Super Bowl. They, they, they thought that their window was still open when in reality it closed a long time ago and you've got a veteran quarterback who's been non-competitive for three years now. You've got an interim coach and you've got a 5-11 and 11 record at best. So that's what happens if you don't, if you, if you, if you, if you start thinking that your luck is repeatable, like Eric said. Well, and, and that's the thing, like Matt Ryan has actually played really well at times, but I think Flip, right. your your phrase of non-competitive is extremely right. Like Matt Ryan can play really well in a vacuum, but the team as a whole, like not be, not compete because they have so many problems around and, you know, in the coaching staff and everything. And it, it really does show. And again, I don't, I, I don't want to beat this dead horse, but like, you know, eventually, you know, having a defensive-minded coach is great to sort of get you out of the the basin of extinction there. Like, their defense was terrible, and now it's good. And, you know, but at some point, the Falcons should have signed Shanahan to be their coach. The Vikings should have signed Stefanski to be their coach. Not necessarily because I think it's, like, you know, the best move on average, but it does increase their ceiling. Top in, Moss. Question on that. Here's my question about the Stefanski situation. Stefanski's proven to be a, a really good head coach for the, uh, a, a basically joyless Cleveland Browns team for the last 20, 20 years. He, he's found them joy. I'm hoping they make the playoffs. And then they're an entertaining team. I think, I think the NFL would like to see them make the, like, make the playoffs just because, you know, it's been so long and they've been through so much. But with Stefanski, here's my question, Eric, and maybe anybody could chime in. Do we think there would be a lot of difference – with the Minnesota Vikings under Kevin Stefanski than there would be Mike Zimmer. And I say that on offense and I say that because, and and, and may, I'm going to, I'll keep going here real quick. Do we think that the Vikings would still be a, an extremely run heavy team? They are in Cleveland. They like to run the football a lot. Not that they won't throw. Um, do you think it's more of trying to help Baker and helping make sure that they hide Baker a little bit? Or do you think it'd be more of, Kevin Stefanski just wants to run the football because that's kind of the philosophy he enjoys, but he also will, you know, use um, analytics a little bit more to help him in other areas too. Like I'm trying to find that balance with Kevin Stefanski because he left Minnesota being forced to run the football under Mike Zimmer, did a great job of it, got him a head coaching job in 2020 with the Cleveland Browns, but with the Cleveland Browns, he's running the ball as much or maybe even more than the Minnesota Vikings are. So I'm just curious, not that I don't think he would have been a really good head coach, I would have enjoyed to have a like-minded, like more of like a analytically, like someone that's just more forward thinking in a Kevin Stefanski than a Mike Zimmer. So I'd have I very much appreciated that. But do we think Kevin Stefanski would have brought more of a modern take to the Minnesota Vikings? Uh, I have to think, look, I, I think Baker is a special case because I don't think he's anywhere near the quarterback Kirk is. So it's probably trying to hide him a little bit. Um, here's my question. And again, the, you know, I do a fair amount of trolling on Twitter. I think my number one troll is this idea that Stefan Diggs was a cancer. Every single person I know who, co- who covers the Vikings says Diggs is a great human. And like, all he wanted to do was win. And I think 
Stefanski staying probably would have kept him in Minnesota. And we have, you know, an example in Randy Moss where all Moss wanted to do was win football games and the Vikings thought he was a distraction. They got rid of him. You know, young Eric at the time said, oh, this will be great, right? Nate Burleson's ready to play football. And it's dumb as fuck, right? Like, it's not – like, you don't trade superstar receivers in their prime. And, I, you know, they could have still gotten Jefferson. It's not against the rules. The Vikings drafted Moss when they had Jake Reed and Chris Carter. The To me, I think the culture would have been different. Um, you know, there's there's also a secondary thing, which is you, you notice how Danell Hunter basically – mailed you know he basically said i'm not playing this season after i think what what it was a neck injury that could have probably helped him play later on but you look at the team you look at how xavier rhodes was treated you look at how mckenzie alexander was treated they played him in a game in week 17 last year that was meaningless despite the fact he was banged up and then he got injured right mckenzie alexander took a four million dollar one-year deal from the cincinnati Bengals instead of staying in minnesota um, Trey Wayne, and, like, he played, and he's played well too. Yeah, and he's played well, and he's a good football player. And the Vikings should have wanted to keep him, but there were cultural issues in Minnesota that stemmed beyond just the run first stuff. <clears throat> Namely, how I mean, look how Zimmer treated Shree Floyd when he got injured, and right. like all that stuff happened. Mm-hmm. There, there was a cultural aspect to that team that winning covered up a little bit. Yep, that's that, fair. I- but without winning, I you know, and, and every single person I talked to in the Vikings organization who who I think aligns kind of similarly with us loves Stefanski. And I think that there's a there's a human aspect of it where you know I think that they just rally behind him a little bit more. And then yes, I do think that they throw the ball more because I, I think Cousins and Stefanski believes this as well, probably. It's just a, a much better quarterback than what Baker was coming out of right. YouTube. Well, yeah, and, and that's Steph- fair, and that's why I yeah. asked the question too. Yeah. Well, St- Stefanski and Cleveland too. I mean, you look at Cleveland; they have an amazing offensive line. Uh, Nick Chubb is a beast. They got Kareem Hunt, and when you lose Odell Beckham, like they did, there's also more of a reason for them to lean on that run game when their quarterback is struggling than possibly you have here in Minnesota. And you look at that, I mean, maybe the best game of the, the year, that Browns-Ravens game, when 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 Stefanski had to open up his offense to, to win in a shootout, he went for it, and all the tricks were out of the bag. And you look here in Minnesota, it's – you're you're going into a game against an amazing offense on Christmas Day. You know your defense is hurt. You can probably put two and two together that your defense is going to struggle in this one. And one solution there is to open up your offense to prefer to prepare for a shootout type of game. And we don't see that adjustment in Minnesota. We don't see them saying, "Oh crap." We're down. We're down ten points in the first quarter. It's time to open things up. They're, they're, it's always they've got to be down fourteen or twenty-one before they actually start dropping back to pass. The and Tennessee Titans are the, are the closest thing to what the Minnesota Vikings do right now, in my opinion. They're the right, same the way. Titans, right. And they the Titans. Have a better, and they have a, yeah. Go ahead. Yeah, you're hundred percent correct, Miles. I mean, the Titans are what the Vikings want to be. And I think yep. to myself as somebody who, again, the Super Bowl should be the goal. The Titans, and I, I've been on a ton of 
you know, I've studied the Titans a ton this year. I have a decent amount bet on them winning the AFC South. I think, you know, I, I won a bunch of bets on their over win total. Like, I like Tennessee. Kirk is a better player than Tannehill, in my opinion. Uh, Derrick Henry and Dalvin Cook are about as talented as each other. The offensive lines are about the same now with the injuries that they've had. The defenses are equally bad. The The Titans got some nice variants. When the Vikings were losing games by one and by two, the Titans were winning them by one and by two. And, you know, one of them was against Minnesota at a UC, uh, a U.S. Bank Stadium. The Titans are going to make a humongous mistake after this year, which is to say this is the formula for winning. Um, and And the problem is, is like, there's enough good components there to keep them above six and ten, seven and nine every year, but you're not going into okay. Arrowhead and beating the Chiefs with the offense that is run, run, pass. You're not going into Lambeau and beating the Packers doing that stuff. And, and so I, I hate this because, you know, again, the Vikings have been relevant our entire lives, our entire lives, right? Like I, you can count on one hand the number of years the Vikings have been bad our entire lives. The the problem is, is that, and, and that might be the goal of ownership, right? And that, and that's frustrating. But that the, but the Super Bowl is the ultimate goal, and unfortunately, I don't think that they're optimizing for that. No, hundred percent. And that's where, that's that's where I struggle going into the, like I view this last game of the season as just use this as an extended version of the preseason for yourself because you didn't get it. Throw some young guys in and let them play. I mean, there's no point. There's no point in risking Kirk Cousins, Je- Justin Jefferson, Adam Thielen. I know people want the the rookie. What record about the record, Miles? Right, exactly. I was just yeah, right. Like I know people want it. And it yes, it's it's and, cool and the to yards have. from scrimmage title. All of these really yeah, important like, things that, that we need that, to, that to get. The banner, that's hang stuff. a banner. The hang the banners, right? That stuff's cool. It's fun. It it makes you look back on the season and say, oh, they were at least able to do this in a shitty season. But at the end of the day. What this team needs to do is start looking forward. Now, do I expect them to move on from Mike Zimmer or Rick Spielman in the offseason? I don't. If they do, I'll be extremely surprised. But if they do, I think we'll we'll start seeing a little bit more of a philosophical change that we've been talking about. Under Mike Zimmer, we're not going to see that. We're going to see them, like to Eric's point, this whole podcast and this whole uh, show is the fact that we'll see a retread. They'll get yeah. themselves back into how – how can we get ourselves back to being a playoff caliber team? Not a, They're not a Super Bowl caliber team. We're going to play gonna a third place schedule. And right. Well, well no, exactly. no, but I mean. Let me, let me finish up real quick. Yeah. They'll play, but like to your point, they'll play a third place schedule. They'll be in a situation where they're, they'll get their defenders back that everybody's, the main excuses why 2020 didn't work. They'll get those players back. They'll add another player or two in the draft. They'll probably sign a guy here or there, depending, you know, like we'll see those things and they'll be a better football team overall because they'll have more talent, understandable, but we'll still see us. They'll see the exact same things we've seen. People will get extremely excited about a 10 and six, nine and seven, 11 and five team and, and think, right. well, if we can just get to the playoffs, let we'll make a run because that's all we do is it's just hedge our bets on hoping that a run's going to happen at the right time. And that's what we saw in 2017. The run just continued, and they had a really good defense. And But Mike Zimmer needs, for his philosophy to work, he needs them to infuse a whole bunch of talent into his defense and, and say, I need my defense to be a top five, top ten level defense 
Otherwise, we're not going to get to where I think we should go. And but, so yeah. we're talking about the offense. I'll finish up. This is my last last point here. We're going to see them going to the offseason. They'll say, we, we'll get Hunter, Kendrick, Barr, all these guys back. We need to continue to add to those guys instead of going to the offensive side and say, we need to, we need to grow that group. They'll just go through and continue to say, the defense needs to be the point of the focal point because the offense has been the, has been the last two drafts. So let's make sure that I get my players because I need my defense to be elite. Otherwise, we're not going anywhere. And that's what we're going to see. And that's the frustrating part for me going into this end of the season here is we're just going to continue to see retread after retread until there's a change that's made. Well, so real quick, and Ted, I saw Ted Burt, Ted B, I saw you ask a question earlier um, based on, you know, one of the 15 minutes with flip shows. The idea of this fourth place schedule versus first place schedule has always been a myth. They're not that different. It's not going to get easier that next year. Next year's schedule is brutal. No favors at all. Um, arguably a harder schedule than they played this year. So if you're hoping that the you. Vikings... I'm not, I'm not a fan of strength of schedule stuff either. I'm not really a fan of that. Well, yeah, but I mean, they're playing They're playing the AFC North next year and they're playing the NFC West next year. So how's this team going to defend Lamar Jackson? <laughs> so, so we're talking, we're talking Bengals. Okay. That's the easy one, but we're talking Browns, Steelers, Ravens, 49ers, Rams, Seahawks, and Cardinals. Okay. It's not getting any easier Stan, next year. Stan, are you trolling? Are you trolling Stan? <laughs> well, I mean, you look I at this, like Stan the AFC North, the AFC North might have three playoff teams this year. The A- right. NFC West might have three playoff teams this year. Like, Right. The, it's not those, getting any easier. Yeah, the meat, right. the meat. Yeah, the, whether you end up playing, and I'm, I gotta, I gotta get this right. Whether you end up playing Carolina or Atlanta is not that big of a difference. Whether or not you play, right. uh, so it would be NFCs. Right. Whether or not you play Philadelphia or Dallas or New York, it doesn't matter. Like the, yeah. though, you're you guys, but it's to me, I think it's partially draft position. To me, it's also, I gotta say this, and and I, I bet a ton of money on the Vikings this week. The reason why is I think that they're a team that will try to get, you know, they're a team that thinks seven and nine looks better than six and ten. No, hundred percent. Yeah, and 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 I feel like, and unfortunately, like it's it's. I want them to try to lose because that way I would know that they they understand what's going on, right? Like, if look, yeah, this isn't a game where. They they're choosing between winning and getting a playoff spot and losing and getting a better traffic. It's this game means nothing to the Vikings, and so I want to see them start Sean Mannion. I want to see them play BC Johnson to make sure Kyle that they can't play. Exactly, and I don't, and I honestly don't think they will. I think the history well, of the franchise. What, what's your so point? crazy? And I, I have to say this every week, but like the roster just isn't that far away if they have a mentality and an offensive scheme and an offseason strategy that makes sense for 2020. That's all yeah. they need because they got all these studs on the offensive side of the ball and they're getting a defense back healthy. I mean, my Falcons example, when they made the Super Bowl, they were first in points scored and 27th in points allowed on the defensive side of the ball. So we can put together a decent defense with a truly 
top seven offense. <laughs> I mean, you got you're preaching the choir, man. Really, I mean, they're not they're not that far away. Well, they're it, not going to commit to that flip. They're never going to under under this and regime. That's so frustrating. But but to your point, Eric, the Vike. I would hope the Wilfs have made the, made up their mind of what they're going to do. I don't think they're going to fire Zimmer the, right after this season. So the whole point of that should be. If you if they've made up the like this game should not decide Zimmer's fate right that fate should have already been yeah. decided heading well, into okay. a couple of weeks ago or whatever like that fate should have that going into week seventeen you're you're not vying for a playoff position right now it's over so that decision should have already been made this week seventeen game shouldn't determine jobs for the coaching staff and the in the front office so with to your point Eric throw in your backup throw in the young guys that you want to see and see if they can progress and see if they show you anything heading into next season. This last game should only be about next year moving forward because it shouldn't be determining anything other than on-field play for guys you want to get a, a, a look at heading into next season because you didn't, get a, you didn't get a preseason, and you've already made your decision whether your coaching staff and your front office are going to be here or not. That shouldn't determine I'm that. Just, so. I, I'm just ready to get petty with it because at this point, like, look, if I'm the Wilfs, Honestly, I'm saying Mike Zimmer, here's a list of players who are not going to play in this game, but that Christmas Day game was fucking embarrassing. So you're not playing any of these guys, and I want you to go win that game, or you're or you're out. I'm sorry. Win with the young guys you wanted so bad. Because here's the thing. Everybody's saying that that Mike Zimmer isn't responsible because of all the injuries at Rick Spielman. Oh, just bad luck. No, they built this team. Okay, in Formula One, it's not just the driver; it's the team that builds the car. And and so Mike Zimmer is crashing the car. Mike Zimmer is crashing the car that he built. Okay, Hercules Mataapa sucks ass. Okay, that's on Mike Zimmer. Okay, Ifadio Denebo, nothing. That's on Mike Zimmer. Okay, all these backup linebackers. That's on Mike Zimmer. Dakota Dozier. That's on Mike Zimmer. All these crap ass players. That's on him too. So don't tell me that they're an excuse to keep the guy. It's it's his fault while they're here in the first place. So what Miles, what is what, the thought that um? Go ahead, Miles. Well, no, I go was ahead, just Miles. gonna say, I what, what the last thing I want to say. I've seen so much of like football Twitter and general talk shit about shitty teams that happens every year. And the Vikings shouldn't be absolved from that. Like, I've seen so many people call for coaches like um, – uh, how did I uh, draw a blank on his name? Uh, who's the coach for the Chargers? Yeah, oh, Anthony, Anthony Lynn. Lynn. Anthony yeah. Lynn. Anthony Lynn has the exact same record as the Minnesota Vikings and the, the Los yeah. Angeles Chargers. And, and they the have way more because their they quarterback is They have draft. the worst team. They're in a worse situation, at least not for 2020, not moving forward. But they have a worse situation in 2020 than the Minnesota Vikings. They have the same fucking record. And I see people calling for Anthony Lynn's head as the head coach. But I see Mike Zimmer saying, Mike Zimmer's a great coach. We need to move forward with him because he's the guy. No. Like, the Vikings are not involved of being discussed as being shitty as these other shitty teams are. Because all these other shitty teams are just a one game away from being as shitty or as mediocre as the Vikings. So, the Vikings are one win or one loss away from still being in those same categories. So, which, which is why all the starters are going to be playing on on hundred <laughs> percent, and that's, that's what, the all of what you're saying is yeah. why all the starters are going to play in this game. The Vikings so that we don't fall into that category. 
fucking to overtime, bro. Like the Vikings took the first, the, the Jaguars had the first overall pick, and they took the Vikings to the, at home to overtime. The Carolina Panthers almost fucking beat the Vikings, and people are talking shit about a Teddy and talking about shit about how bad that team is. All of these shitty teams that played the Minnesota Vikings this year gave them a fucking game, or they <laughs> beat their ass, or they beat their ass in the Atlanta Falcons. Yeah, and people Falcons. are sitting here saying. 2021 is the year for the Minnesota Vikings. I'm supposed to sit here and say, you're goddamn right it is. What? That That's what I don't get, guys. That's what I don't get because everybody thought the Vikings were secretly good at, at middle of the season, right? It was sort of like this, that, and like they were, they matched up well with Green Bay and Lambo. We talked about that. That ended up being okay. They matched up well in, you know, this, I got to look back. I haven't figured this out. So the last time the Vikings, Won in Lambeau, but lost in Green Bay. Or sorry, lost at home. I believe was I'm trying to remember. It was 2015 with Teddy. 2015. Um, yeah. The last time they won in Chicago, but lost to the Bears at home, was I believe 1999 with Jeff George and Randall Cunningham at quarterback. I can't remember. I actually have to look. The last time they did the both the same to both teams was actually pretty funny. But it shows you just how. Can you imagine two years ago thinking to yourself, the Vikings can beat the Bears with a certain quarterback, but can't beat them with Mitch? Right? That, like, that, like, that, that, offense, the Vikings, like, that first yeah. Bears game, that was one of the worst offenses we've seen in the entire season for yeah, the Chicago Bears. The that Vikings fucking team is going to make the playoffs. Yes, because the I, I mean, the Bears are so great because they're like, holy shit, our quarterbacks suck. Let's. Let's redesign the entire offense mid-season yeah. to prop this guy Thank up. You, the Vikings would never fucking do that. They'd never do that. It's a well, like, everybody oh gives everybody gives Trubisky shit for the for the games that he's you know. So they played Minnesota, Jacksonville, Tennessee. Sorry, Minnesota, Jacksonville, uh, Houston, and Detroit were the the defenses that they got to face. And everybody's like, well, Mitch Trubisky, a low-key sucks because he's done well against the, – those teams are on the Vikings schedule too. Like, you know what I mean? <laughs> Tennessee is ass on defense. The Vikings did enough, but their defense wasn't good enough. Houston, same thing, won by a touchdown. Uh, you know, Detroit, same. I and mean, that was one game the Vikings actually extended on the other team. Um, but you guys are right. I mean, it's just – it's tough because when, I, when you look at this team – are they intentional about winning the Super Bowl? And the answer is no. The answer is categorically no. The answer, the, the, they're, they're intentional about getting to the next season alive. They don't know how. They don't. What I've learned is they don't know how to take that approach. They're like, a, they, they sit in their meetings and they're like, what's, how do we get to, guys, how do we get to the Super Bowl? How do we take next year to make a Super Bowl run? And they say, let's go get an offensive guard. Like, that's what they're going to do. They're going to say, let's go get a left yeah. guard. Let's go, let's go get a defensive tackle and let's go like they're gonna like do the little things that they think they're the minor holes that they think they have. It's tactics, which, but it's not strategy. Like no, they it's don't not have strategy. They're, they're just gonna plug they holes. Moves. Yeah. They're gonna plug holes and say, This is our strategy. We just need to plug the holes of our weaknesses, and that's a wrap. And we'll be straight. And it hasn't worked. We'll just continue to see the every other year bullshit. And I'm just, I've just been over it. I've just been over it. Like, we, we will not get, we will not continue to see the every other year bullshit. That's what I'm trying to say is like, I hate to yeah, break it, but I, I look, I look at the schedule. I look at how we played against good teams this year. 
And in my opinion, if they take this plug hole strategy, 2021 is a wrap. And they're looking below 500 again, in my opinion. I mean, consequences are going to come sooner or later. They're going to erode like the Falcons eroded from Super Bowl contention right out to, to last place in the NFC. So well, if I, you guys, I think it's, if, if, go ahead. Well, I think it's tragic, too, in the sense that it doesn't have to be this way. They're not the Jets. They're no. not the Jacksonville Jaguars. There's talent on the team. If you if you reconstitute it in a way that is a winning strategy, they can be a winner. That's that's I think what we're frustrated about. If they if this was the O2 Vikings coming off of the year that Corey that that Corey Stringer died or whatever, like then then yeah, okay, uh, you have to rebuild. But this team actually has winning components to it, which makes it kind of tilting. All right, yeah, so and- Drew asked yeah. a question. So let, let, let's let's answer Drew's question because he he fired it out there. Uh, if it was us, and we were looking to 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 pick the right players for the Vikings in that range that the Vikings may be picking, maybe as early as nine, uh, somewhere to like the mid teens. Uh, maybe we don't even have to, to to hone in on a specific player because the draft is random. We don't know everyone who's declared yet. And coming off 2020, it's just a crazy year, generally speaking. There are 100 players that are guaranteed to go, to go top 50. Tell me, year. what type of what, – what positions are you going to be looking for in the draft? If you're looking to have the Vikings adopt a strategy that is more about maximizing the quarterback position and the positions that Eric talked about for us earlier, like what are we doing at that slot to uh, – and, and maybe some names that, that, that you've heard – that, that may be going in that range. Yeah, well, so what I try to do in the offseason is I try to look at both scenarios for the Minnesota Vikings. I try to look at them in a way that we're going to talk about right now of what I think would be the best approach, the way that they should go, or at least for my opinion, I think they should go. And then there's the what do I think they're actually going to do approach. Um, and they never, they never line up because what they actually do never seems to be what they probably should do except for Justin Jefferson because – they put themselves in that situation. Um, Jeff Gladney, they put themselves in that situation. Um, so what they should do, in my opinion, I my whole thing has always been take a shot at a quarterback. Like, no matter what they do, we like Kirk Cousins has played well the last two seasons, albeit not being asked to throw a lot. Like we've talked about, he's like, what, ranked 24th or something in the league in throwing and attempts or some shit like that. Like, I'm not saying Kirk couldn't do better with throwing more, but they're they're not asking him to throw more. So I don't need to pay my quarterback that much money if you're going to ask him to do what they're asking him to do. There's just no point in that. That's why the philosophies are never going to match up, but I'm not going down that road. So my first thought would be to say, go go take a swing at a quarterback. Go like For the first time in, in franchise history, go take a swing at a quarterback when it's not considered a need because – you're looking, like to Flip's point, you're looking to the future, you're looking beyond because 2021, it might not be it. And just saying you're going to fill the fill the defensive tackle, the left guard, a couple of positions here and there as the holes, and those are going to be what propels you to the a playoff run. Like, we don't know that. That's just going to be their approach. Take a shot at a quarterback. And if you're not going to do that, I would say trade back. At least then, gain additional assets, find ways to, like, help create more added talent to your roster rather than thinking that one specific player you're taking at 13, let's say the safety cornerback, it shouldn't be a safety. Let's say a cornerback, whatever position it ends up being, 
like at least find a way to to turn that that one pick into multiple picks and then you can at least help yourself out because you don't have a second round pick that you you fucking wasted away um at least at least take that type of approach if you're not going to take a swing at quarterback because we will sit here until we're blue in the face to say they should take a wide receiver because there's a this is another wide receiver talented draft they're not going to do that they haven't done it until they do it again i'm 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 never going to expect them to do it they're not going to go out there and say, oh, Jalen Waddle, um, Jamar Chase, Rashad Bateman. They're not going to go out there and say those are the guys that need to that we need to add to our offense to make ourselves better because that's that's not what they want to do. They're okay with riding with two elite receivers and whatever the whatever else is is behind them. They've been doing that since 2015 and they're fine with it. So I don't expect that to be an approach. Do I think it should be? Hell yeah, they should be running more 11, 10 personnel. Let's get let's spread them out a little bit more. That'll help Dalvin Cook more than people want to realize, but people don't yeah. want to talk about it. But that's fine. So, I, so for me, it's either quarterback or trade back. That that's where I'm at with it. Eric, how about you? Yeah, I mean, I I said prior to the season that they should trade Harrison Smith. Yep. You know, I I think Harrison Smith probably I on the block. I think one of the tragic, you know, one of the problems with the the Stefan Diggs trade was that his contract was so reasonable, um, and I think you know part the part of me that wants to trade Danelle Hunter doesn't actually like I, I pull back on that that instinct because his re- deal is so reasonable. It's also why the Yannick Ngakwe right. trade, by the way, was really stupid because if Yannick Ngakwe blew up this year, he would have garnered a contract that would have been bigger than Danelle Hunter. And I would imagine any any person in the Minnesota building knows Danelle Hunter's better than Yannick Ngakwe, and hence he would have you would have had to pay two players for the price of one. You know, with that trade, that was that was kind of the tricky thing. So I think you keep Hunter because he's relatively inexpensive. He's coming off of an injury, all that kind of stuff. His his value is not that low, but I do that, think you trade. That dude is going to ask for a trade if he doesn't get a new contract. Yeah, I'm not saying, I the, mean, Vikings, not saying the Vikings have to give it to him, but there's there is no way if I'm Daniel Hunter, I'm saying training camp. I'll see you then. This is this is the comp- we're getting too far ahead of ourselves. I, I agree. Yeah, I, I, I agree. I agree. I, I, I do yeah. think you trade you trade assets. Uh, you trade assets that other teams want. You accumulate players. You like to Miles' point, I think you draft a quarterback high, and you say, look, our goal for 2021 is to sort things out, right? Yep. It was, you know, same thing with Kansas City in 2017. Same thing, you know, with Eagles in 2016 when they traded Bradford to the Vikings. Uh, same goal for the Rams in 2017, et cetera, et cetera. You draft the quarterback in the first round and you figure things out. Can this player you can help him? Be a, player you, can still be a play, you can still be a playoff team if you draft a quarterback in the first round. Like, everybody's going to freak out and say, oh, there's no way this team – like." The first round is one. It's one round. It doesn't. It doesn't change what you do in free agent. It shouldn't change what you do in free agency. It shouldn't change what your still approach is going to be for twenty twenty one. If you still want to be a competitive team, which if Mike Zimmer and Rick Spielman are here, they're going to have to be because they're coaching and you know working for their jobs. So like that's why I've said I don't expect those things to happen because it'll all be about twenty. Like this is what it's been. It'll all be about this singular year twenty twenty one because. That's all they have, and they don't. It doesn't matter what, beyond that because they need to focus on the now, and that's why I think the Yannick Ngakwe trade happened. Why? Why they gave Kirk Cousins a contract extension this year? 
Like they did things where they were like, we need to make sure for ourselves, we have a future too. And I'm not disagreeing with that from their end at all, but there's no future in terms of what the team build and philosophy looks like because they don't know what to do anymore. I don't, I truly don't think they know how to get out of this mediocre, mediocre hole that they put themselves in. Yeah. Well, yeah, I mean, that's the problem though, that like you, the Vikings fans, I think the smart ones want a Super Bowl. The Vikings, you know, brain trust and some other fans want to stay relevant, right? Like, I think, I think that's the real rub is that like, you know, most of us are hoping for something that the Vikings don't have as an objective, right? And and unfortunately, that's really frustrating. Yep. Yeah. Uh, bring us on. Yeah. So on the subject of who to draft and and the offseason in general, I think we need to remind ourselves that the, there's a salary cap here. So you look when when looking at the 2017 and 2018 offseason, we all knew that. 2019, 2020 were going to be quiet off seasons. Um, 2020, 2019 was a pretty quiet off season. I mean, what we do? We we signed a defensive tackle and then we brought back our kicker, our punter, and our fullback. Um, same thing is probably going to happen in 2020. It's not going to be a very loud off season. When you talk about trading assets away, that's also going to be a lot harder to do because they do have cap issues. So. It's probably just going to be, you know, maneuver around, try to trade for picks, maybe trade back. But the right answer is like what Miles and Eric said. It's it's quarterback number one. It's trade a bounty of picks for Jamar Chase, number two. And then number three, outside of quarterback and receiver, you might be able to convince me that edge rusher is something that may need to address high to put a guy next to Daniil. But that's cornerback. <laughs> oh my god! Don't do not draft a cornerback. I, I will not, honestly, I'm... I honestly, I'll, I'll, I, I'm gonna have to take a month off the pod if they go any <laughs> defensive position <laughs> in the first round. Any any I, I, any, I, I think, any defensive position outside happened. of edge rusher. Like if they if they draft some safety in the first round, it's like why, why? I think I think the interesting thing is that the Vikings have been weird about how they've invested in that position. I, To me, the Vikings should probably take this season and buy a bunch of $7.5 million corners, if that makes That's sense. What, because Go yeah. get a William Jackson. Go get someone like yes. that. I said I said that, that they, should go, they should go call the New Orleans Saints and say, hey, what do you want for Marshawn Lattimore? Because the Saints can't afford anybody. They're going to be in the worst cap situation in the history of the NFL – Go call about any of their valuable players and say that have that are making money and say, hey, what do you want for? But you, you guys, you guys know why the Saints are good on defense, right? Like you look at the Saints defense, Patrick Robinson, who is a guy the Vikings almost drafted in 2010, is a, their backup nickel. He's a veteran. He he's a starter in this league. DJ Swearinger is a is their backup free safety. He's a starter in this league. He, you know, Von yeah. Bell, you know, they let Von Bell go. With bouncing around the league. Yeah. Chauncey Gardner-Johnson. You need basically two lines of defensive backs in the NFL to have success. And, you know, the, the problem is the Vikings said, okay, we can have a good defense if X, Y, and Z all happen when all of those are coin flips. But the Saints are like, well, we already know Lattimore's okay. We already know uh Chauncey Gardner Johnson's good we all already know you know, and then 
if though if one of those things don't work out, we have two other backup plans. The Vikings net left themselves with no outs, you know, yeah. as far as if you know Mike Hughes didn't work, if uh, you know uh, Gladney and Dantzler needed time to emerge, if you know, and, and I think that that's the problem is though, like the coverage versus passer thing, that doesn't necessarily mean you just draft a bunch of corners high. What it means is you draft a lot of corners and you spend money and free agency on a lot of corners and, and hope that the the best three end up being good enough for you to win with. You know, the Vikings have shown right now that like they might not be able to evaluate the position that well. Whew. Well, that's a glaring indictment. And that is a fantastic way to wrap up the show. Gentlemen, it has been a pleasure. Viewers, up, thanks for all of the wonderful things thanks in the comments. Flip me to it. it. Donnie, stop trying to make it happen. It's not going to happen. Stop trying to make it a thing. Eric, thanks for making your triumphant return. It has been a pleasure. Mary, Drew, everybody out there whose questions we did or didn't get to, we appreciate y'all. Thanks for listening. Thanks for watching. And uh, yeah, quarter mic, everybody. Thanks for coming through. And there he is. We got a little circle of Dave spinning (laughs) around. Now he's in the middle. Dave, bring us home. You're on mute again, Dave. Every week. This has become a thing now. It's become a weekly thing. Two buttons. All right. Hey, I just want to thank everybody for joining us uh, in the chat. Obviously, I've been monitoring that. I also want to thank you guys for putting on a show of In the Huddle where we discuss some Viking topics. Some of them are a little bit sensitive, and uh, but they need to be discussed. Was that Look, about the showering or something else? Well, it could be the showering, <laughs> the record, everything. It doesn't you, matter. Um, anyways, join us tomorrow night when we have Climbing the Pocket, the original, live at 9 p.m. Eastern. As we continue to bring you Vikings content the way you want it, the way you like it, and raw. Thanks, everybody. Have a great night. Stay healthy, and we'll see you tomorrow. Play the music. Thank you for watching or listening. As always, if you like, subscribe, and ring the bell for notifications. And if you're listening to the podcast, please rate us on your favorite aggregator. Roll, everybody.